Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome to Clicking Balls. This is AFL Round 9, all wrapped up. My name is Heath, and the first question I ask every week is your highlight of the week. So since it's just me and you, Josh, you're first. What's your highlight of the week? Well, you ever seen those heist movies, like, you know, the new Fast and the Furious ones? Love a heist movie. Oceans, Oceans yeah, all yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah, all the Oceans one, and there's the new female version coming out. I don't know what that's called. Oceans 8. Oh, that one. Um, where, where thieves stake out a place for a long period of time and investigate it, and then flawlessly enter and leave with no one any the wiser. If this ends up with Jimmy Hurd's Audi getting robbed, I'm, I'm pretty happy. No, no, no. Keep going. Um, well, where I work at got broken into over the weekend and the thieves were exactly the opposite of uh, all those heist movies. Um, they decided to break in through the car park, which is, you know, uh, I guess if you're a thief, it's a, a, a lo- it's easy a place. point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's lockers and stuff down there, so they've ransacked those. Now, the thing is, I'm not a thief, uh, well, at least not to that level, um, but I would think if I'm trying to escape, being unnoticed would be a good option. What they have stolen, and because I work in uh, well, the construction industry, let's say, they've decided to nick some high-vis vests and put them on <laughs> as they're leaving, um, which made the CCTV quite easy to pick <laughs> to them up. To follow them through? And to top that off, um, about two blocks down the road is the Victorian uh, Police Force HQ, which, as you expect, has CCTV everywhere. Now, normally, if you're trying to find someone and you say, oh, there's two suspects, look like this, you're like, come on, mate, I can't fucking find them. You'd be like, they're wearing a high-vis vest. They're in the high-vis vest. They're the ones that have made themselves easier to find. It does make it rather easy. And uh, because the company I work for actually did some work on that particular building, they knew who to chat to, and they said, all right, look, I don't know what we'll find, but we'll have a look. Uh, here these two dickheads are. And here they are walking across the road into a residential building. All right, so then they they go to the residential building. The cops are like, come on, they can't be this fucking dumb. They must have been robbing something. Anything missing? No, 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 no robberies. Well, can we see your CCTV? Two blokes in the high-vis vest (laughs) going in the elevator. They go go up the floors. They get out, go into a a particular residential address. They're like, they can't be this fucking dumb, can they? I say, did they then write their PIN numbers on the door? (laughs) So the cops are like, the fuck? They knock on the door, get in there. There's uh, on the lounge chairs, there's two high vis vests marked with the company logo that I work for, and they just gone, fucking come on. <laughs> so, yeah, there was a couple of watches stolen, nothing massive, but it's just like, this is the easiest well, fucking column we've ever had. They wanted to get caught quite clearly. Oh, uh, they, they weren't junkies or anything, they were just dumb. Yeah, fucking stupid. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, there goes their promising careers of God knows what. 
Yeah, so my highlight of the week was just hearing that story because <laughs> that was fucking gold. Reminds me a little bit of uh, when I was 18, a friend of mine uh, went out camping and he come back and said, oh, while we're out, we, you know, we took some guns. All legal and they had... Uh, you know, permits and licenses and all that kind of stuff. And he goes, oh, I shot a galah. I'm like, mate, I'm pretty sure they're, you know, like, they're native, like, and protected species. So I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to shoot them, but, you know, who's going to who's gonna know? He goes, oh, I took a photo. <laughs> like, okay, okay, you took a photo, but, I mean, that's just a photo of a galah. It doesn't mean that you shot it. He goes, I'm in the photo. I'm like, yeah, but, okay, but still, I'm holding a gun. All right, mate, what are you trying to do? You know, there's, there's, nothing, there's no defense there. And I'd like to hear from the prosecution. <laughs> no, um, no, we're fine. You keep going. <laughs> my uh, my highlight came today, actually. Um, as I was, I saw, a, I'm going to say 13-year-old boy about that with his mate walking down around Docklands carrying a fishing pole. No problem with that. Wearing a Sons of Anarchy leather cut. You know the leather vest? Oh, fair play. Look, look brand new, too. And I just thought, yeah, good on you, lad. All right. <laughs> fair to the show, I guess. I just I'm, found it so weird. Uh, oh, look, the, the lad wants to be the best fucking fisherman he can be, and yeah. he, he's decided to intimidate the shit out of the fish. I, say, I don't know if he shot the fish and then put him on the rod or, or what, but uh, anyway, if he's smuggling, you know, he's done well. I mean, maybe that's it. He's just sort of fishing some cocaine out of the bay or something. Um, my real highlight of the week, though, was uh, on Saturday. Of course, uh, there was a lot of footy on Saturday, and I didn't watch any of it because of the royal wedding, of course. Um, not really. I didn't watch any of it because uh, I went to see Infinity Wars. Um, oh, how good was the royal wedding, though? And I, I say that not having watched a second. <laughs> uh, solely, for how the, good was it? Solely right. for the fact that the wife watched it for three fucking hours and left me the fuck alone to watch footy. I would have a royal wedding every damn weekend <laughs> if possible. It does very much segregate. You know, there isn't much crossover. I don't feel. No, and except in Channel Seven. <laughs> Channel Seven, fuck that poach. But the good thing was we had the kids, you know, with uh, with the grandparents for um, babysitting for the night. So we went to the five o'clock show of Infinity Wars come out and said, right, it's eight. Do we go have dinner or can we turn around and go back in and watch Deadpool 2? I had uh, popcorn for dinner that night, <laughs> I tell you, and regret not a single cent of it. But yeah, it was great. And I'm not going to be one of, the, one of those people that spoils it. Although I did uh, get on uh, on my phone afterwards and I messaged Benny the Tosser and I said, hurry up and watch both movies so I can talk to you about them. So um, that, was, uh, that was my highlight. Oh, there you go. But, uh, which is good because the footy was fairly uh, sparse this week. Although the, there is a lot of talking points, the games weren't that great. Oh, but, I, I think there were some, some great moments. Moments. Oh, Sean McKernan. Uh, only moments. He's hey, fucking well, gold. Hey, on, hey on, how many games ahead do you want to jump? Oh, Just wait. Until that. All right, let's start off with uh, the swimming on Friday night. Uh, Adelaide and the Dogs. It's, it's one of those games, it was so wet <coughs> and, uh, that you, you learn nothing from it. Oh, I... I disagree. I think Adelaide kicking 9-9 in those conditions is actually indicative well, of how good they are. Eddie Betts kicking him from the boundary line and kicking drop punts. Yeah, that was bullshit. Uh, on the left as well. He only kicked three goals, but they were worth nine. What I do like is that then set up um, old mate uh, uh, Cameron and Christensen later on in the in the week. They're like, fuck it, if you can do that in the wet, Again, I'll crack. how many games ahead do you want to jump? I'm all about a holistic approach let's, to the round. Let's try and stick with Adelaide and Bulldogs. Well, the Bulldogs turn up, and uh, look, it's one of those ones where, had they kicked straight, they would have shit at him. They might have had a chance. They weren't disgraced. It's probably the best effort I've seen from a team to only score two goals. Yeah, and they only just outscored Eddie Betts. Um, I I know people are going to say, you know, they weren't that bad or whatever, and McRae with 36 posies, fucking golden, but they got fucking smashed. Like, they're, they're inside, the, inside 50s are shit. 
um, their ability to pressure in the forward 50 was ordinary. And it's just, it is hard when it's, it's so wet. It's a rough running, day. Running back uh, for a forward is hard to do at the best of times yeah. because, you know, who wants to go away from goals? But uh, even worse when it's in a puddle bath like that. Well, um, amazingly, they won a quarter. They won the second quarter. But, I mean, they hit one goal seven in the first half and one goal seven in the second half. So it's hard to win games like that. But it's such an extraordinary weather event. Um, I think the crowd was 30-odd thousand, 35,000, something like that. Um, I don't know if it says it there on you. Um, but, goddamn, that is a great crowd for that kind of weather. Oh, they were keen. That is amazing. Because I think this is one of the lowest attended rounds um, since we've had 18 teams. But uh, for 30-odd thousand to turn up in torrential rain. 39,407, so almost 40. Let's say 40,000. That is astounding. Well, it also says how good Adelaide Oval is, that people are willing to turn up and just get drenched for the whole fucking time. I guess uh, backs up the, the decision to move there because obviously a lot of that crowd would have been you know city folk that have just, well, mm. either I drive home in the rain for an hour or I go across the road. Well, the thing is too, I think they pumped it up well in Adelaide to say, look, we don't get that many Friday night games. We've got one now. You've got to make the most of it. You've got to turn up. Yeah. And they have to. Uh, Eddie Betts outscored them, by the way. Oh, no, they didn't. Just under, sorry. Yeah. Um, anyway. But clearly, I thought he only kicked three. Um, clearly, he was the, the best player on the ground, which is good because he, he needed a big yeah. game this year. Yeah, he's been quite. He's been quiet for his standard. He's been yeah. serviceable for a bloke who's probably on you know a veteran wage like he is. But uh, he hasn't been the electrifying Eddie we've uh, been treated to the last no. few years. Um, and obviously, they've still got some players to come back Adelaide, so they're cruising at the minute. Um, but yeah, hard to really take anything out of this game because it was such a slog. I think uh, if, if it had been a top eight or a top ten team, which I'm, I'm not putting the Bulldogs in, would have no. been a better match because yep. it would have been that hard ass slog. Which honestly, the Bulldogs should be should be at home in because they're a, a gritty side. But yeah. at the moment, I'm just not feeling them. And I know uh, Luke Dalhouse hasn't signed yet. <laughs> you're you're on top of all the players that haven't signed, mate. Yet. I'm I'm on top of all that. Don't worry about yeah. it. Um, actually, he's probably one of the few I think will go because the other big names are like uh, Gaff Wines. Um, McGovern, those guys are in premiership windows, so yeah. I can't see them going. But uh, if you're Dalhouse, you've got to be at the very least uh, looking at your suitors and seeing, all right, how many of those what are, are my be, choices? What are my options? Making a run? Yeah. Um, all right. Like I said, not much to get out of that game, but Adelaide did enough to, to keep the points. Um, on to the next game down in Hobart. Um, North uh, running away, uh, simple winners. It, it's a easy game for forward, isn't it? Game of the round. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> oh, it's almost by default. Um, well, Jared Waite has been um, maligned in the past for being a bit of a flat-track bully, but uh, he played this ground perfectly in the first half. Yeah. Uh, he knew that they were double-teaming Ben Brown. So which leaves is, him open. It's going to happen from here until end of round, or as long as he's leading the Coleman kind of thing, because if you don't double-team the guy leading the Coleman, you're a fucking oh, idiot. The guy that's kicked, what, 40% of... Um North goals. I don't know if that's an actual figure, but it'd be roughly there or thereabouts. Oh, maybe a bit less, but but it's significant. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're dumb not to, especially when um, Phil Davis wasn't playing, was he? No. So the number one backman's out. You got to go. Shit, guys, we got to cover him somehow. And if you're adding extra coverage on one bloke, somebody else has got to be open, don't they? Yeah, and to be fair though, I think uh, I know two of Waits' uh, goals were definitely the resp- the result of. Um, looking at the kick out and uh, planning on it dropping short into the breeze and yeah. taking the mark, which uh, you actually mentioned in last week as what was likely to happen. Um, Heathshaw's kickouts were likely to fall short and someone would intercept. 
Jared Waite obviously listens to our podcast, so, you know, on you there, Waitie. Well, there you go. Um, you forgot you said that, did you? <laughs> no, no, I remember saying that Heath Shaw's kickouts were shithouse, because mm. um, they have been all year. Um, it's a shame, because he's been so good since he went off to GWS, but he's made it quite clear that this is his last year on skill, not mm. on choice. But yeah. um, anyway, he, he can walk out of the game at the end of the year very proud. But then um, in the in the third quarter, Ben Brown just went, no, nah, not having it. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, one kick to half time. Yeah. And like you say, you know, there was a massive breeze um, and he's getting a lot of attention. Um, so it's one of those games where you got one kick, we go, yeah, but you're still doing your job. And he goes, oh, well, fuck this. I'm here to kick goals and win medals, aren't I? Yeah, and the first one was a snap. Uh, and then I think he had a, a free kick and then Sean Higgins had that beautiful kick to advantage, which is if you're a full forward, whether you're Buddy Franklin or you're Sean McKernan, if someone's kicking to where you need to be to avoid the defender, you deserve to buy that bloke a beer. It's the best idea, isn't it? You kick it to where the guy can win, not yeah, to... Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So even though both players are running in a certain direction, you're like, all right, well, he's got the forward line there. Instead of kicking into uh, where they're going to be now, I'm going to kick him to where he can't get to. Yeah. And uh, you know, that, that's why Higgins is worth so damn much to North Melbourne, that quality he, possession. He's a classy player, no doubt. Uh, and he probably earned Ben Brown two of those goals. But, uh Yeah. Well, that's what you want out of your uh, your ball movers, because he's um, his output in previous years, Sean Higgins, that is, um, has been mainly on the scoreboard. But um, he's definitely playing higher up the ground now um, because he is such a good kick, obviously. Mm. And I think too that's been um, part of getting Jacobs back in the side. Yeah, because you can automatically tag out their best, so Higgins doesn't need to do that sort of semi keep them honest role. Yep. Um, yeah, and then top it off, Jack Zebel, Mason Wood. Up forward, looking pretty dangerous. Did, did their job. and Zeeb had some great marks. And uh, on the other side of it, GWS, their uh, injuries just get even worse. Um, Ryan Griffin, I think, he's uh, he's he done himself up. in. Yeah. Um, even the Breeze was injured for the last quarter. Yeah, old B. Reese, he, he died <laughs> down. Um, but that's that's the unlucky part about oh, these sort of things. Well, that's, um, that's the rub of the green. Yeah. It's bad luck. And that's why when you win the toss, you kick with the Breeze. Absolutely. But to be fair, if you're, if you're any other team that understands playing in like a suburban football match, GWS should understand it the most. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and end of the day, I mean, uh, North in that third quarter when they kicked seven, um, were you feel like even if the breeze kept as it was, mm. they were still, you feel like they were in control. I think the moment that turned it for me though was, uh, I think, um, I can't remember who marked it uh, for GWS in their forward line and then Cameron has bowled over McMillan. And it was one of those Bullshit things. Like, Miller's not even looking at him. Yeah. And he's knocked him over, and they're like, all right, reverse free kick. You just didn't need to. And then he's done it again, and they're given 50. And as soon as that happens, you're like, all right, nah. Yeah. They're off. The, the, their heads are not in it. Yeah, I think that was the third quarter, actually. So, obviously, North kicked a few goals, got a run on it. As soon as that happens, you're like, we got him. Yeah. 12-point uh, play goes to a goal. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Looking at it now, like, GWS, everyone's going on, oh, yeah, their injuries and stuff like that. They're not playing good anyway. Um, no. I'm, I'm prepared to put a line across the, the top eight as it is right now. Um, oh, I think there might be a bit of movement, but GWS won't be in there. I can't see from who, though. I think uh, Geelong out of the top eight? No. No. Someone out that I think were coming in. Um, uh, just quickly, without looking at the ladder, don't look at the ladder. Right. Who's third on the ladder? Because we know who the top two are. Without looking, who's third on the ladder right now? Sydney? Melbourne. Melbourne? Yeah, no, they, I think they deserve to be up there. Well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking won it. All right, on to the China game. Uh, Suns got done by 40 in one of the worst games you've ever seen. But again, weather didn't really help. Set the, well, rec- set the record for clangers, this game. Yeah, no, the weather didn't help, but neither did you, uh, Gold Coast. I no. mean, 
And the worst part is, I really want to support. Port instigated this, but Gold Coast have made it their own, and they deserve something along a bit of a push. Well, I think they get a million bucks for playing it, or, yeah. or thereabouts. But they're doing themselves no favours. It's just no. like the last couple of years when North had the Good Friday game and they played shit, you're asking for them to take it off you. Yeah. Uh, I think Port deserved to have this for the next 10 years or whatever, because they instigated the whole damn thing. But their opponent, I know... Um, I think they're uh, looking at a different opponent next year. Carmen was the Vic Minister for Sport was talking about it needs to be a Victorian team. Because, you know, the <laughs> AFL isn't Victorian-based enough. Because yeah. because he's trying to get votes. Pretend <laughs> <laughs> it's anything different. But, uh, completely. I, um, I'm sure there are people making a lot of money out of this uh, China experiment. Well, I'm not argument, sure football is, though. Well, his argument was that this is a great culture exchange, a business opportunity and everything. You know, they can go over there with... Uh, businessmen networking because the Chinese are very big on networking face to face as a method of getting business happening and whatnot. So, so they can rob you while you're not looking. Well, that's all fair. Funny, our <laughs> politicians are no better. Let's let's be honest. But uh, yeah, and he, his argument was, well, we're going to align directly with it. New South Wales isn't going to give a fuck what AFL does. So, yeah, you know they're not going to get anything out of it. Brisbane doesn't give a shit. So it's just uh, Adelaide's already got over there. So we're pretty keen to piggyback on on this. Whatever. <laughs> Well, I yeah, like I said before, I just don't buy. They're saying that you know there was only uh, a couple of thousand there, and there was a lot of spare seats. And saying yeah, but they're all out the back in the marquees. I'm like, great. <laughs> then let's one, you're fucking lying. Two, let's not pretend this is a football thing. It's a business trip. Well, if they're all in the back in marquees, they're looking at the races. Yeah, yeah. That, or, or or they're handing over suitcases already, which is fine. Just and take your money and go away. Anyway, well, as long as the apple gets their cut, they don't give a shit. Exactly. Um, and the the game wasn't much. Um. All right. I think I'll, it did kind of show where Port are, though. Like, they, they just handily accounted for a shit team. Yeah, and yeah, it was, it was a wet day, and they scored eighty-two points. Yeah, that's Which all, is pretty decent. Right. No, that's not bad. Um, on to the next one. Now, if anybody got nine out of nine tips this week, <laughs> you're a fucking liar. Fucking liar. I mean, the <laughs> Brisbane upset was pickable. This was not. This was impossible to pick. Essendon, six goals better than Geelong, and they did it all in the first half. See, I, I got eight. I was never, ever going to pick this. No. And um, actually, on our last week's podcast, I remember you actually did say that Essendon are going to upset someone very soon, but not this match. Yeah, I didn't. I agree with you, because yeah. that was the fact. Um, it was amazing. I knew it was going to happen eventually. I just I couldn't see it happening yet. And I couldn't see it being fucking McKernan doing it. How good was he? By yeah, far the best game brilliant. of his career. And it, his first half was as good as any full forward his I've seen. His first quarter. For a long, yeah, his first quarter. Um it, it was brilliant. He's eight shots on goal. He hasn't had that in the last four seasons. No. Uh, old Joey Danaher is probably uh, probably not nervous, to be honest. Let's be frank about that. He's <laughs> thinking, I'm coming straight back in. I don't give a fuck. But uh, McKernan's done himself no harm. He's he's just one of those players that plugs gaps. Yeah, he, I, he, you can never fault him for effort. Should know. And this time it clicked for him. But he's one of those ones that he hasn't been spectacular at any one skill. He's just an honest, hard worker. Yeah, he's too short to play ruck, which is what he's meant to play. Mm. Um, but he's oh, he can pinch it here, there. He can pinch it there. And maybe he just wasn't given the uh, respect that he obviously should have been given um, by the uh, Geelong back, back line. Well, I think also in the past he hasn't been given the respect from his midfield. Yeah, yeah. Probably so right when too. Joey Danher's up there, they're looking for him. They don't give a shit. Yep. Uh, but you look at all the successful teams, especially at the moment, there is at the very least a two-prong attack. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Uh, and normally with two... Talls to mid-talls. That's the standard. Yeah, there are obviously exceptions, but that's for most teams, yeah. Well, I mean, if there's a better uh, full forward line than Darling and Kennedy... Right at the minute, there's right not. At the no. minute, 
I haven't seen it. But um, I think this is they have to play him and Danaher at the same time. I think you got to. Uh, well, once Danaher's right, um, but yeah. right now, I mean, they had uh, Hooker um, rotating up forward as well, obviously. And Bell Chambers goes up there from time to time, but um, he's well. You got to put stay behind the goal square next week, don't you? Well, he hasn't given you a choice. You can't not. I mean, you get four four. That's a fifty percent uh, accuracy, which is better than Danaher anyway. <laughs> um, so you have to say, look, that's why Danaher plays a different game anyway. But like, he's not a stay at home yeah. forward. He's an aerialist. He, he can go deep. He's got a very long kick on him. Um, what the big change for Essendon though was their ferocious chase and tackle. Honestly, which that was brilliant to watch. It's been shocking in the last month, and I don't know how it changed so quickly. Well, I was in the um, the Reddit match thread, and it was honestly a joy to watch, and also to see the Essendon supporters just go, "Where the fuck was this?" And who yeah. was it? Was it um, uh, Zaharakis? No, so, probably Dyson Heppel. I think you're thinking yeah, of it. Was Heppel when he's coming off and saying, "Where the fuck was this all season?" Yeah, yeah. And uh, all the supporters are saying the same thing because that hunger was. Utterly brilliant. Yeah, it wasn't. And that's why, like, I was, I think I tipped them to finish top six this year because I thought they'd play like this. Um, and they haven't yet, but uh, until this week. So, how can you go from losing to Carlton to beating Geelong in the space of a week or two? It's amazing. I don't think they tried to shut down their mids either. They just out, outworked them. No, the, um, well, some of the criticism um, from media has been that uh, the Geelong mids are all attack, they don't chase. Um, and certainly, uh, it might have been Carey said it about Ablett, really. I think that's what I'm thinking of. Um, well, Essendon said, well, we'll, we'll trial this then. Um, we're not going to give them um, too much close attention, but we're going to win the ball and we're going to run it forward. Um, you've got to say, on the results of one game, it, well, it worked. I, I would say but, that's a, a great move. But you, you've got to have the pressure around the ball to be able to do that, and that's what they had. I hadn't seen that from them in this season, and I didn't know they had it in them. See, some people hate that because the high-pressure games, your, your skills suffer. But I love that scragging, you know, desperation football because that's what finals are played like. Yeah, if you, yeah, under pressure, a low-scoring game, and this was low-scoring, um, can still be great. It's when there's no pressure and the skills are still shit. Yes, this that, is true. You know, which has happened a few times, but anyway. Um, yeah, by far, Dyson Heppel's best game for uh, the season as well. So, um, you know, leads from the front, um, that kind of stuff. But uh, Devin Smith, too. Young leg coming in, 10 tackles. He's, he's had a, an okay start. Um, I, I really liked him at GWS, so this is his first year back. Um, yeah, it, it's good to see like him and Saad running out of the back line. So they, they've got a good return from those two, um, all, certainly this year. I've always rated Saad, but uh, he's a great player. his speed and his decision-making isn't flawless, but it's getting better every season. You know, it's, um, you know he has two speeds. Um, he's just got to <laughs> use the flat-out one a little bit more. Well, yeah. And I think that comes with faith, and especially uh, the faith of your teammates to yeah. say, no, I've got your shepherd. Let's go. And also, that was one thing, too. They did shepherd a shit ton. Yep. I, I don't know when that became unfashionable, but it is the most useful skill in the game. Yeah. No, they, they did an excellent job. Um, obviously, they again, they took our advice and had a, a keg before the game. Um, I did say half time, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to uh, have a go at them for, for mixing it up. Well, but it worked for them in, in country round. Funny thing is, you were happier with that result than Wusher. <laughs> Did you see his media? Yeah, well, uh, I think he, he doesn't mind giving a little uh, subtle whack to the media at the best of times. Yeah, and look, a, a lot of the conversation around that has been exactly that, that they've been putting pressure on him. But he's a coach who's well, you fucking deserve doing it. shit house, so yeah. you're going to get pressure. Um, the media aren't there to make your job harder as much as they are to 
get your word to the public. Exactly. Yep. So in that case, I, I think you might need to remember that uh, the media are representing the members and the supporters, really. Yep. So if you're being a dick to the media, that's your direct link to your supporters, well, you're being a dick to supporters. At the same time, uh, I think, is it the Sunday footy show or Talking Footy on One of the Sunday football shows, um, they uh, Essendon refused to send um, a player. When usually, you know, they, they send one. Um, so they've said, it looks like they've gone and made a conscious decision. Less media, let's internalise, let's get um, our game sorted. Um, which isn't a silly idea, but at the same time... Well, it's know. one of those things that if it pays off, it pays off. Yeah. But... It can it can bite you in the ass very rapidly. Yeah. Um, on to the next one. Uh, Sydney took care of the Dockers. Do we need to say anything about that? Oh, just... Uh, they how, did enough. Yeah. How nice it was to see uh, Franklin and Kennedy running around the place. I mean, Franklin had a, a decent enough match. Uh, and um, First game back, yeah, he kicked a couple. A lot of the conversations around that elbow, but honestly, uh, I can understand how people are making that conversation because, you know, they're worried that... They have to play Sydney soon. Um, That's the only reason. Yeah, you got the ball in your arm, and it was it was countless, like flinging the elbows around. Well, it's a free kick. Without well, a doubt, I've got no problem with the free kick. Yeah, um, but it's not it's, reportable. No, he's a fucking giraffe. He can't control where his arms go at the best of times. We've all seen his kicking style. It works, but he's not in full control quite clearly. Um, this is one of those things that happens when you're you know six foot four or whatever he is, and the bloke tackling you is a little bit shorter. And um, it's careless, yeah, like you said. But, uh, you know, this is probably a bit of victim blaming, if you like, for a bloke that got concussed. But if you're tackling a bloke that fucking size, close the space. Yeah. You don't you don't ever want to leave him enough room to shift his shoulders. Yeah. So get your ear on his chest or get your head in his hip pocket or whatever you need to do just to give him zero space. You Hand tackling a bloke that size ain't working. Shoot for a double, you reckon? Fucking oath. Shoot for a double leg. It's Buddy fucking Franklin. <laughs> the guy's a monster. I, I wouldn't go that far that uh, it was the tackler's fault. I think it's just... No, fuck all his fault. <laughs> I think it's just one of those things. It happens. Um, it, it, it's unlucky. He deserved to get knocked out. It, it's, uh, it's how it goes. Um, yeah, but I mean... I don't think Dockers are a serious threat for the eight this year, are they? I'm waiting until next week to make that call. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't realise that. All right. On to uh, St Kilda and the Magpies. The Saints moving in the right direction, but they've still got the same problems that they've always had. Um, and a lot of that is uh, wasted uh, ball in the forward 50. Uh, it's, not, it's not just that. To me, it's heart. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Well, they showed more in this game than they have in the previous month. They showed some, but it's still like, uh, I look at teams that were on the up a few years back, like uh, Melbourne, and I thought uh, Nathan Jones, for example, he was a bloke who had not a single ounce of quit in him. He yeah. was an aggressive, angry bastard. And then throwing Viney in there as well, and even um, uh, 
Jordan Lewis, guys that are just super competitive and refuse to lose to their opposition uh, uh, opponent. Yep. I don't see any of that in St Kilda. Not enough of it, that's for sure. Um, but well, I mean, I'm trying to think of a player where I think, all right, I'm going to put the ball between him and a bloke like Nathan Jones, and I'm going to back him to beat Jones for it. I, I don't, I don't see one. Um, if it's within 40 meters of goal, I'd put Jade Gresham in that category because he's one of those ones where he will do everything to get his hand on the ball if it means another shot on goal um, yeah. but you can't d- deny old uh, Jack Noons who's kicked uh, kicked a little handful yeah. um, would have been one of the highlights of the game if it weren't for Jordan Degoe at the other end <laughs> bagging well, a lazy a, six and he's another one that's had a contract too and he, he has numbers in front of him right now yeah um, and it, he'll stay uh, I mean they'll offer him something too good oh, because no one else has taken money from no, there's there's too much money to be made at Collingwood off the field. Um, everyone knows that. Um, but in terms of high-profile big contracts, it's only him and Grundy, really. And uh, uh, Trelaw. Oh, you mean at... Um, at Collingwood. At Collingwood, yeah. Well, I mean, Darcy Moore's um, haggling um, for this year, but um, he hasn't done enough to... His, his big price is on potential, not on results. Um, yeah. Trelaw, I mean, you got Pendlebury, but he's on the way out. You got Sidebottom, who's having a career best year, but again, yeah. he's you know not going to command millions. Um, Degoe's in a great spot, considering he could have been sacked in the off season, even. Um, so he's had his uh, Stevie J moment. Well, yeah, he, he's done himself absolutely no harm at all, and you know, kicking six straight, no less. No and less. Some of them are strong, beautiful, dusty style fandoffs. Oh, um, he's great. He's playing, you know, career best again, and he had to. His career was on the line. Um, but, uh, talk of some of the teams that could possibly get into the eight. I gotta say, Collingwood are one of them. Yep, yeah, especially because they've they still got a few people out. You know, yeah. they're only going to get better from here. So I'm happy to poo over Collingwood are doing terrible, but if they're doing well, you got to say it. Got to give it to them, and uh, they've got some players that I'd love to have on my side. Um, Stevens is it, yeah Stevenson uh, kicked another couple and signed on during the week so that'll make a, a lot of Collingwood very happy because he's looked like an absolute gem um, since he's come on this year mm-hmm. um, but uh, poor old uh, Saints they're still looking for answers I think but it, it, was, it wasn't a hopeless effort no they were just outclassed in the end I felt I feel like they are improving just not as fast as a lot of other teams like at the yeah. moment the way I the way I see them falling now is that Carlton will be in the final eight sooner than they will uh, yeah, I think yeah, it's going to be hard um, because I still think that when either of those two sides make the uh, a final eight, half the team they've got now won't be there. Yeah, no, I you can know, see that. There's there's still a, a way to go. But I, th- I also think that if I was, you know, if either of those teams went bust and it was like, all right, you can pick three players, I can yeah. I can immediately think what three players I want from Carlton, from um, St Kilda. I'm like, if you had to go to five, you're starting to struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of Melbourne, we'll move on to the next game in Carlton. You mentioned Carlton, I think. Uh, Melbourne putting in their biggest win ever against Carlton. When you consider that these two are foundation clubs, it's a long yep. fucking time. 109 points. And good enough, like I said, to lift Melbourne to third on the ladder. Fucking third on the ladder. They were Remember they were a basket case a month ago. Now they're third on the ladder. Well... Yeah. <laughs> what more can you say about that? Exactly. I um, mean, and Carlton were fucking hopeless. Um, they were executioners here. Um, I, I'm trying to think of Carlton's highlights, and really it was uh, Jed Lamb didn't get knocked out. Their highlight was they beat Essendon last week. That was their highlight. And that's probably their pass mark, too. Yeah. Um, they were off the bottom. 15 goals to two in the second half. It was God just party damn. time, wasn't it? 
Well, yeah. Um, big one being, like we said in the in last week's, Maxi Gorn, all Australian, um, looking brilliant. Not the best shot on goal, let's be honest. <laughs> but uh, he, he, he got one, I think. He got a couple. Yeah, he got a couple. Straight, no less. Yeah, they had uh, four players that kicked uh, four goals or more, uh, Melbourne. So they, they spread it around. Um, poor old Jesse Hogan, he's a spearhead. They've had a 109-point win. He's walked away with one goal. Lazy fuck. Lazy fuck. Um, anyway, that can happen. Uh, what I, The game I did like was uh, Young Brayshaw. 24 touches, 11 uh, tackles. I I do like the, the mids that are willing to be the hard-tackling mids, especially when he's not traditionally known for it. It's well, been uh, Clayton Oliver and um, McDonald who have been the tacklers. And he's, Jones. He's still um, cementing himself in the best 22. Um, you know, that, and that's going to take a while. Yeah, well, I, I think he gets there. Oh, yeah. Well, he is at the minute, obviously. <laughs> well, fucking playing. Makes sense. Um, even Jones led from the front. He had 30 touches. But, I mean, uh, in a game when you win by over 100, you, you expect a lot of your players to, um, you know, have big days out and get on the stat sheet. But really, the big story for uh, Melbourne was uh, the return of co-captain Jack Viney, who got through the game. I like Viney. I like the way he goes about it. He's, Luke Hodges said it's his favourite player, is Jack Viney, because he's an absolute bull. Yeah, yeah. He's completely fearless. Yeah. Um, and he's one of the ones to... He probably has done it, but I don't remember him staging too much. God, no. God, no. I'm, I'm just saying he probably has done it because he's a football player, and you know they're all pretty keen on easy kick, but uh, he's one of the ones that... There's just no quit. He's, yeah. um, no, I, I put him in the same sort of box as Cunnington. Just great to watch because they just go about it. Uh, but talking about staging for kicks, um, your old mate Jordan Lewis, he got uh, caught out. Did he? There was a kick out of a pack or whatever from Carlton that's spilled one of the boundary, and he's turned uh, to the umpire to remonstrate, saying, you know, intentional. Meanwhile, the guy in the crowd who's picked up the ball has flicked the back, and it's uh, Falcon Lewis right on the head. <laughs> so had he not been appealing, he would have been able to get that. Oh, well. But he copped one in the kisser. Such is life. I mean, lucky you got him. Get him in the front. Uh, only because he turned around at the last second. <laughs> lucky then, because you know, if it got him on the back of the head, it might damage you know the, the little uh, <laughs> yamaka yamaka patch that he's got going on there. Now, nah, you got to feel for Melbourne supporters for this one. Um, you know, they usually when there's a triple digit margin, they're on the wrong end of it. So, this is uh, definitely a turning point for them. Yeah, Mount Hotham's fucking hate life. But uh, no, what can you say? They gave a clinical response, kicked well, because oftentimes we see in this sort of uh, margin, towards the end of the match, players are taking shots from 60, and they're just like, <laughs> I missed, I don't care. But and the no, full forward's getting shitty. They loved it. They were enjoying it and uh, making the most of it. And you, you did get the feeling that they went, no, nah, when they were 90 points up, it's there's 100 there. It's right yeah. there. We're fucking going for this. And they were just trying new tactics, trying new out-of-position movements. Uh, and they got out of it everything they could. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Carlton got a run. All right, on to Brisbane's first win for the year against the Hawks. And like I said, it was on the cards um, that Brisbane could do it. But goddamn, did they play well? It, it, Hawthorne didn't. Um, Hawthorne obviously didn't play well, but their mistakes wasn't the reason Brisbane won. Brisbane won because they were the better side by a country mile. They were so damn busy too. A little Louis Taylor. He, I he love around. Kid. He reminds me of Boomer. Uh, just, I can his, see it. I can see it. His uh, well, his stature for a start, yeah. and his uh, you know, brickedness. I think he's taller than Boomer. He has to be. <laughs> well, I'd say. I think only um, young uh, Callum, uh, Caleb, what is his face? Uh, Caleb Daniel. Caleb Daniel isn't, but uh, and also he loves a goal. Doesn't he? Uh, he's running towards goal. There's eight people in front of him. He's going to nut. <laughs> this ain't handballing off. This I, is going duck dodge, I, duck dive. Bang. I've got to make sure it's the right one first. 
um, before he takes it. Um, and uh, you mentioned at the top uh, Charlie Cameron taking an absolute screamer in the back line, mind you, uh, uh, in well, the first quarter. I don't, I don't. I like that. I think taking a screamer in the forward line is easy because <laughs> you know if you miss it, you got crummers, whatnot. Well, the, it means your own your own players usually kicking it to you, doesn't it? Yeah. This, this is an intercept mark. Exactly in the back line, you fuck that up, it's a goal, and you're getting dragged. You pull out an absolute belter like that. Jesus Christ, any coach would love to have you. Do me for uh, mark of the year. Well, it's going to be fucking special to beat it. Yeah, whatever beats it, it's going to have to be something really good. Um, the story up forward uh, for uh, the Lions too is they just had options. Like Hipwood was uh, too hard to stop. He's too tall and too nimble. Um, and Cutler was an extra option. And then, like you said, you got uh, Louis Taylor buzzing around. you got Charlie Cameron, who didn't have as much influence on the game as I thought he would. But just being there is dangerous. Oh, young Beam is running around the joint, taking the shots from left, right, and centre. Uh, Eagles, old mate, who's uh, what twenty eight? Yeah, the the recruit, obviously, yeah. which gets mentioned every time he gets near the ball. Well, he's yeah, a big unit, though, isn't he? He's a big lad. I mean, probably had a few meat pies, but uh, didn't expect a call up. But he, he's made the most of his moment, hasn't he? Uh, he's uh, earned his spot. He's not there for novelty, that's mm. for sure. And what I love to see when he kicked that goal, everyone came around him. Like, yeah, of course they did. Because in the past, I think Brisbane have been a bit apathetic with that sort of shit uh, but they're building that us against them culture yep. which they they had to do or they're going to die yeah um, and it was I think in the last quarter where he kicked his, his first goal I think group. it was yeah if it wasn't the last it was the third um, and it was great too because um, it, when they they went into half time with a lead uh, Brisbane and then they kicked uh, you know one or two early in the third and you can see it they were like this is it this is our time yeah. and they've been building to this for weeks um, you know, getting so close against, you know, Port and uh, Collingwood uh, as well. So this was going to happen eventually. It just, uh, and once they got a sniff, there was no taking it away from it. They were running on top of the ground so easily. And Cam Rayner showing why he's a number one pick too. Oh, wouldn't he? He kicked some bloody nice snaps. He had two goals and he didn't get a lot of the ball. He only had 11, but every time he got near it, he seemed like he was dangerous. He's dangerous. And I, I swear he had about six shepherds that just opened up the, the forward yeah. line. Um, I don't know if you have a look at the stats, but I think Hawthorne won the inside 50s again, which just shows you how poorly they've been going with their inside 50s. Because I reckon well, they're Hawthorne are 5 and 4, and I believe they've won the 50s at least 7 or 8 times. Um, so there's clearly some issues there, you'd think. Mm. Well, they, they actually won the contested possessions and tackles too. So they were they were earning their own ball, but they just weren't keeping it. No, I was using it terribly. Um, quite quite clearly. Um, and a couple of times, Isaac Smith's done it this week, and he did it last week against the Swans as well. Um, handball receives while running towards your own goal when somebody's got a mark and that kind of stuff. It's just the dumbest thing you can do because then you're already under pressure, running mm. the wrong way, and you've got to do a risky kick across the ground. And he kicks to a two-on-one or a three-on-one. Um, and that, uh, that costs them all the time. Uh, Jack Gunston was good, but I struggled to pick who else was for Hawthorne. I, I know Tommy Mitchell had 46. Um, but that's more an indictment on the rest of the midfield. Yeah, I feel like a lot of them were easy give-go gets. Uh, they were hardball gets. You know, he didn't do many. You know, run around the backs. It was all he earned his own ball. But it really should be two players getting twenty-five mm. touches or, or thirty touches rather than him getting forty-six. Yeah, and for all his touches, he only had one goal assist, which um, that that's on the team though because he he can't be where the ball isn't. Yeah. So if the ball's being blocked into your forward line, he's going to get those goal assists. Oh, it's because they've only kicked 11 goals from what the inside 50s. They have 50? Yeah. <laughs> was so, it literally 50 inside 50s? I, I can't see the stats. I think it was pretty close to that. 
52. 52, there you yeah, go. Yeah, there you go. Um, so half the amount of goals with the same number of inside 50s. With a 42% efficiency inside 50, which is fucking terrible well, for this I team. Mean, and there was one stage of the game where um, the, the Lions had nine shots on goal, nine scoring shots from 13 inside 50s. You go, well, you know, it's you don't need much of the ball if you're being that good with it. But it just speaks to, you know, they had forward options, whereas uh, Hawthorne did not. Well... Yeah, really? I think they played uh, Sicily forward for a little bit. In, in the last quarter. They pretty much went backs to forwards. Yeah. Um, but also, if we're going to talk about the game, Hodge obviously was a major talking point. Yeah, and marshalling the troops as he does. I didn't think he had that much of an effect as a player, but obviously that's not his reason for being there. No, he's a coach. Yeah, exactly. He's an on-field coach. Um, and I was thinking about that, obviously getting the win against uh, his old side. It's been a great year for that, hasn't it? Um because when you think about all the ones I could think of, so Hodge against Hawthorne, Hartung against Hawthorne. Um, oh Anderson against Hawthorne. Yeah, but the, he's been there for a couple of years. I'm talking about... Yeah, but he the, hasn't been in the team for a couple of years. The, the first time playing against an old side <laughs> oh, yeah. this year. Um, there's been those two. There's been a couple of others, and I've just gone blank on them. Um, <laughs> damn it. I thought of it before. Um, it's been a great year for the uh, the, the comeback games. Yeah, uh, um, there's probably another three or four. I've just gone absolutely blank on them, but um, Jack Watts. Uh, I don't know if they played back yet. They haven't played yet. Um, Motlops, I believe, played um, Geelong, and he he didn't win. But anyway, anyway, we're moving on. Um, West Coast Eagles uh, put uh, the Tigers to the sword over there a bit. Um, I thought this would be a little bit closer, but I, I didn't think that um, Richmond would get within five goals of them, uh, especially over there. Um, Eagles have been absolutely killing it, and a lot of it is on the back of Jack Darling finally living up to his potential. Yeah, yeah, he's looking good, looking very good. Um, six goals, and he's uh, taking down fifteen marks. That's not a bad afternoon at all. Well, the worst part for me is, you know, being a North fan. Obviously, I want Ben Brown to streak it in the Coleman. He had an eight-goal break on uh, Bruce. Yep. And then leading into this game, and then all of a sudden, Darling kicks six, and you go, oh. Ben's only got three. And you're like, where, where did he come from? Yeah, exactly. Um, but who would have thought that Jack Darling at the halfway mark would be leading West Coast uh, goal kicking? I suppose, you know, since Kennedy didn't play the first six weeks, yeah, it's mm. not that surprising, really. But anyway. It, he, had a, he had a top match. And a lot of those goals, I remember, he's running towards just knocking over three, four tacklers, having a ping. Yeah. I, and taking big marks, really? like you said, he's had twenty-one possessions, twenty of them kicks. Yeah. Um, so obviously he's doing what a key forward should be doing, and and what he's not handballing when he's threatened to do for years. Um, now his only challenge is he's got to do it during September, which has been his uh, downfall um, in previous years. And you know, sitting at uh, what are they uh, eight and one at the minute, um, West Coast. You'd say they're going to have the opportunity. They're going to have a couple of finals minimum. I always uh, find the commentary around that funny, though. Like, on one hand, you've got uh, West Coast supporters complaining that they have to travel to Melbourne all the time and, you know, it's the longest trip in footy and whatnot. Blah, blah, blah. On the other hand, they're complaining they don't play the MCG enough, which is where the grand finals played. It's like, lads, only option then is for us to move the MCG to Alice Springs. <laughs> well, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Um, make it uh, Australia's Wembley. <laughs> they play all the big ones there. No, they're travelling very nicely. Um, it's going to be tough uh, to see where the Eagles are going to uh, fall over. But they're, look, they're winners everywhere. Like uh, Yeo, uh, Yeo, Yeo uh, Redden, Cripps, Lacroix, Kennedy, all of them yep. look great. Redden's having a career best year as well. Anyway, he, yeah. he's a super talented player. 
Um, yeah, they've got plenty of options. Um, for the Tigers, uh, you know, obviously last week uh, against North, Cochin had 30, what, four? Somewhere in there. Half of that this week. So that tells you a lot about how to stop Richmond, doesn't it? Yeah, I think they went a long way. And like I said last week, I thought North should have tagged out um, Cochin over Dusty. But, you know. But you do what you do, don't you? You do what you do. He, Brad Scott's got more right than wrong this year, yeah. so I'm not going to second-guess the bloke. Um, but also, Nat Nui and uh, Willie Rioli just add so much dynamic options Spark. to that team. And well, I did notice Nat Nui uh, changed his tackling methodology. Include the <laughs> twist. Started to calculate the the weight differentials, um, cross-hashing it with the, the yeah. twist in the pike. Nick Nat attack with a twist. He, yep. um, he landed a few of the blokes on their shoulders, and you could see them just wincing. Because even though he, he looks kind of skinny, he's a big fucking <laughs> He enjoyed his week off, um, I think. I think he spent in the gym. Yeah. All right. Um, that's round nine. So let's look forward to round 10. We only have eight games this week. So there's your best chance to get uh, a full card um, so far this year. On uh, Friday night, under the roof at Etihad. Thank God it's under the roof, actually. Um, Collingwood playing a home game at Etihad against the Bulldogs, who play Etihad better than uh, most sides. Yeah, even with that, I'm still in Collingwood. I, I think they've just got too much good form at the moment. And uh, I think the Bulldogs are, are far too up and down. Yeah, I, I'm on Collingwood as well. But um, the Bulldogs are going to click sooner or later. Um, but it, I, again, I don't think it'll be this week. And uh, I don't believe that I can put the kibosh on them like I did Geelong last week. So. <laughs> um, I think they'll be still sore from last Friday night too because th- that game, you know, they're probably still getting the water out of their bloody clothes. Well, that's true too. Um, and also, Western Bulldogs got a pretty long injury list from memory too. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't help playing over there. But um, under the roof, they'll enjoy it more and it's a good chance for Tom Boyd to uh, cement his worth. And it looks like Shaki might be coming in for his first game for the Bulldogs. Well, a bit of luck. You never know. Yeah, you never know. All right, that's two for Collingwood. Um, Saturday, the Tigers are taking on St Kilda at the MCG. I think this could be a big score. Well, you'd have to be mad to tip the uh, tip uh, St Kilda on yep. the form, but based on last week's, maybe they're due. <laughs> I don't know. No, 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 they're not. I know. Even though uh, it's a long trip back and uh, Western, uh, sorry, Richmond have been run off their legs the last two weeks, they're still too good. Yeah. Um, I don't think they've got a, a, a St Kilda have a player that can tackle Dusty because the guys no. that are big enough aren't fast enough. Yeah. Um, uh, he's he's dropped his fend offs actually. He's uh, averaging. I think it's 1.2 less per game than he was last year. Well, I, I think th- he's going to bump his average up this I week. I think a few players, especially last week against uh, the Eagles, a few players caught him um, with it too. So they're starting to, finally, they figure it out that, yeah, you know what, he's going to try and fend me off. Anyway. And he always fends off with the left as well. He very rarely, rarely fends off with the right. There you are. But, uh, yeah. Uh, the Lions are hosting the Swans at the Gabba. I want to go for the Lions. You know what? <laughs> if they lost it last week, I'd be more inclined to actually tip an upset here. Um... I'm going to base mine on the scoreboard. If the scoreboard's not working for the first three quarters, <laughs> I'm on the lines. I tell you what, obviously that wasn't a tactic by Fagan. But if it was, fucking genius. That is <laughs> sheedy level genius. Especially when it just happened to work in time for the goal review. For <laughs> oh, no, it's working now. Oh, that was a shocking goal review that too. That was fucking terrible. But anyway. Um, so still Sydney? Oh, look, have to. Any- have to especially with uh, Buddy's second week back. Who's going to stop him? Like, yeah. As much as I admired the Lions' uh, effort last week, it was all uh, all out attack. I hope they get a good crowd for it. Um, next game is the Cats and Carlton at uh, or Goomba Stadium. Uh, we don't need to say anything more about that. Oh, the they'll, Cats will bounce back. They'll bounce back. It's 
at if home. If they had have uh, won last week, I would think they might run in this light. But the fact they lost no, and, and lost poorly. Not down Essendon, in Geelong. Not down in Geelong. No, they'll be out for revenge and they'll yep. be out to uh, pump their percentage up. And yep. unfortunately, Carlton could be the end of another record-breaking loss. Giants and Essendon at spotless. I find this really interesting. Isn't it a hard game to pick now? Because uh, Essendon bounced back last week and Giants have been awful and have further injuries. I'm tipping an upset. I mean, if... No, it is an upset if, if Essendon win, but it, they've shown tenacity. And you it's unbelievable they turned it around so fast that, that they must have belief now that that's all we need to do. Well, I think so too. And look, uh, I, I think you convinced me. I think, uh, I think I'm think on Essendon for this one. Um, also because their injury list is really light at the moment. Um, the only people out are... The, well, I mean, Danaher, obviously. Danaher's out, and so is uh, Gleeson and Coyler, but uh, Hurley will come back, McGrath will come back, and Myers will come uh, back. Collier and Gleeson, though, are, are borderline best 22. Yeah. Um, and they'll probably... I th- I hope they get much back, because um, he was rested last week, hmm. and he was one that had the endeavour. Um, but at the same time, they might be reluctant to change a winning formula, sadly. Yeah, but you compare that to GWS, who are out. Everyone knows. Yeah. Even everyone. with all their players, they weren't playing well. And poor Lockie Tiz can't get it. Yeah, he's uh, out for another 12 months. Yeah, well. Cummings will get another run, though. You'd think he did all right. He did, did his job. Um, Sunday, Hawthorne are hosting the Eagles at Etihad Stadium. That's uh, Collingwood hosting a home game at Etihad on Friday night and Hawthorne hosting a home game at Etihad on the Sunday. So there's two days the MCG is not being used. Funny thing, contracts, isn't it? Anyway... Uh, Hawthorne versus West Coast at Etihad Stadium. Well, there's no matches at the G this week. Uh, no, there is the there, there uh, is Richmond one. match, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's hard to tip Hawthorne, even though Essendon, uh, Eagles are playing away from home. Yeah. Uh, so I won't. <laughs> That's pretty, <laughs> much, pretty much the long of it. I'm, you know, I've been very critical of Hawthorne this year because they've only had one good win, um, and they have not been playing well. And I think that a few teams have figured them out as well that uh, if you clog up the, the centre, they can't move the ball forward. And they bomb it long into their forward line, and somebody like McGovern is going to have a field day. However, this year has been absolutely stupid, so it is just likely that a team would lose to the 18th place side one week and beat the first place side the next week. Uh, it's definitely not impossible. Makes no fucking sense, and it could happen. I just I don't see how they're going to stop um, Darling Any- and Kennedy. Anyone? Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's Let's be honest there. Uh, all right, um, Melbourne and Adelaide at Alice Springs. So, Jakey Liver's first game against his old side. This is actually a tougher one than you might think. It's, um, it's third versus fourth. It'll be a cracking game. Jacobs v. Gorn is going to be great to watch. You're going to have um, midfield battles in there. Um, you know what? Uh, Pig Hibbard on Eddie Betts. That could be, be a, that's be a great matchup. Um, I'm tipping the Demons on this one. I reckon they got it in him. I, I do think so, solely because, again, Gorn is the best in the league at the moment. Um, and if he can tap it down to his mids... Or punch looking, it forward and let uh, Jack Viney run onto it. Yeah, they're looking clean. And uh, Jesse Hogan had a reasonably quiet week in a big win, so he'll be keen to kick a bag. With the missing midfielders that uh, Adelaide have, I think being uh, rough and ready is the way to uh, to approach Adelaide. And God damn it, do, uh, do Melbourne have that in spades. Yeah, they've got the worst injury list in the fucking uh, league at the moment. Like, both Crouch brothers. Um, Tex oh, it's Walker up there with still. GWS. Yeah. Sloan. Uh, Sloan, McGovern, Riley Knight. Um, You've you got to stop at McGovern right there. That, yeah. That's five of their best eight players, I, I'd reckon. Yeah. 
Um, but, uh, but, you know, that's why you have uh, 44 on a list. Yeah, I mean, Tex will probably play, but he won't be 100%. And I, I think they've already ruled him out. Oh, I, I could be wrong. Doesn't mean he won't turn up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't... I can't justify putting money on uh, Melbourne, but I tip him. Yeah, I'm tipping Melbourne. And the Dockers are hosting North over at uh, Optus Stadium. It's going to be a hard one. It, it is a tough one to pick, isn't it, it? It comes down to Jacobs. If he can nullify five, and uh, he's got form at the moment, so yeah. who knows? Hey, it's, it's, a, it's a great challenge for him. Um, I honestly think that that will be what everybody will be watching because, um, without joking, it is just as likely that Fife snots him. And then that puts Brownlow betting into a frenzy, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, you just I get it's, every, it's every chance. It's every chance. You're just going to find. Well, that one's the the key matchup, and then you've got Clearly. Sandlands versus uh, Goldstein, which uh, it'll be Goldstein's. I'm trying to think. Uh, Is he nearing two hundred, or, or yeah, I think it's his two hundredth match, or approaching that. Um, maybe it's his birthday. I can't remember. <laughs> Big match for him. Um, it's, there's just going to be so many. Uh, Decent matchups too, and then you've got North's uh, forward line obviously firing at the moment. Um, Lockie Neal has had a stellar season. Isn't he? Uh, so you can't tag Neal and Fife. Obviously, this is the same as the Dusty and um, Cochin. It is game two hundred for um, Goldstein. There you go. So his two hundredth match he's got to go against Sandlands. Poor fucker. Well, Benny Brown, Jared White. I mean, if Jared White got, makes a trip, um, because we know how fragile he can be during the week, and you know it's a long plane trip for the for the old fella. But that can stretch um, uh, uh, any back line. Um, so they've got a lot of scoring options, and Frio have trouble scoring. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Brad Scott asked Jared Waite, you know, mate, are you right to make the trip? And he's coming off a four-goal hole, so he's like, fuck yes, I'm <laughs> no, right. I'm good. I'm he's, on. He might be at the airport already. Yeah. And, and that's uh, probably not a silly move. No, no. North have been fairly reluctant to mess with the side since bringing Magic Door in the back, which uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm all on now. I'm 100% uh, on top of that. But uh, North have got a few to come in too. Taylor Garner's running through the back uh, the VFL. He's come through. Um, Sam Durden's done well. Got Josh Kelly to come in. Got uh, <laughs> a few others. But um, I, I can't see them making too many changes. So I think uh, my, my pessimism from the start of the season is still kind of lingering. It's still lingering. I still feel like yeah. we're up too high. <laughs> uh, the worst part is we're not in a premiership window. We've got no business being in the fucking finals. Yeah, but I mean, they made two uh, prelim finals when they had no no business being there, but they still did. Yeah, but who gives a shit about prelim finals? I want premierships, <laughs> motherfuckers. Um, but I, I, I think I think North can get this done, and it's uh, it's going to kill me because that optimism is going to bite me in the fucking ass. If this was on any other ground in Australia, oh, home and host. you'd say they're they're mozzers for it, um, especially because how poorly um, Freo play away from home. Um, but uh, oh god, it's hard to tip against Freo at home, but. The form's there, isn't it? Well, and also percentage. Like like you said, um, Freo haven't scored heavily, and they're sitting at 87.5%, whereas North is at 118. Yeah. Um, and that's despite North playing in the fucking muck in the it. first round. Oh, yeah. Well, obviously, they've had low um, low scoring games because of uh, all the, the weather and shit, but, you know, it swings around about something. Mm. All right. So, are you tipping North? I'm all, I kind of have to. I've, I've, actually, I've done my tips and I've put in Frio and I'm thinking I might change it. I'm thinking North just on form. But, but, but I'm, I'm, it's over there. I'm just North on attack power because even though it is over there, it's a bowl. So there's no wind. Yeah. Uh, the ground will be harder and whatnot and all that crap. But North used to playing on Arden Street. They used to playing at Tassie. They used to playing. Well, I mean, they still train on Arden Street. Let's, let's go with that. But yeah, you're right. They're used to Tassie. 
Yeah, they used to have shit ground, so I'd, yeah. <laughs> I think this will be an improvement. So, yeah, I'm on north, but uh, this this optimism is going to hurt me at <laughs> some I'm, stage. I'm one point off the top of my office tipping, so I'm, I've got to pick some some pick up ground somewhere, so this might be it. See, I'm one point up, so I can be a little silly. All right, that'll do us for this week. See ya. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 